Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. Okay, so Jeff, how, how often have you heard coming into this about Longhorns better be ready for this, better be wary. Colgate shoots threes, lots of threes, good at shooting the threes, lead the nation in threes. You, you've heard that a lot, right? Just, just a little bit, just a little yeah. bit in the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I was looking at Colgate's statistical profile, Craig, and actually, you know, we've seen Texas struggle at times this year to defend the three-point line. I was looking at it, you know, Colgate makes on average about eight threes a game. And if you look at, I mean, granted, when you're a number two seed and, uh, you know, your record's 26-8 and eight on the year, you're going to win a lot of games. But even games where Texas has allowed more than, you know, eight or more threes in a game, uh, the record's not that bad. The only losses, you know, four of their eight losses are in that stretch. Uh, at Baylor, at Iowa State, they allowed nine, uh, ten in that overtime game at the Garden against Illinois. And then kind of the anomaly of the whole season was 13 in that 116-103 loss to K-State at home. Uh, but, you know, Texas, they're, they're better right nationally defending the three-point line than I thought. You know, allowing less than 33% from three, uh, they're almost a top 100 defense in the country defending the three-point line. So, like I said, a little bit better than I thought. But you start digging into Colgate's statistical profile, Craig, and, you know, you look at the things that could give Texas trouble. Now, obviously, anybody that shoots the three well is going to give themselves a chance. Uh, and, and one thing I'll say about Colgate, they don't turn the ball over a ton. They're averaging right about 10 turnovers a game. But they're not a team that they're not a great offensive rebounding team. Uh, you know, they're, they're not great defensively at all. They're, to me, as long as there's just not some big, huge lapse by Texas, to me, there's not enough Colgate can do in those problem areas for Texas where this should be a game where, you know, at that last media time out of the second half, you're really sweating this one out. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing that comes to mind for me about this. In matchups of double-digit seeds against uh, very highly uh, seeded teams, 14 versus 3, like we saw two years ago, 15s versus 2s, uh, even even 13s versus 4s, uh, those – that's kind of a tear up. We know about the 12 versus fives, and those upsets uh, happen every year. We see a 12 beat a five. It's happened almost every year, I think, since uh, but two since 1990. Um, the, the the one of the common threads is is that one team, the double digit team, has a really good shooting night, which is certainly possible in the case of Colgate, and the other team has a horrible shooting night, which was the case of the Longhorns two years ago. Um, I don't know how much of that, if anything, had to do with, you know, the, the curtainy backdrop and playing inside Lucas Oil State. You're not going to blame it for that because the Longhorns just played poorly a, a lot of that ball game. But um, they're, they're real common threads on that because they say if you can shoot threes, you know, that's how uh, you had it uh, last year with St. Peter's knocking off Kentucky. That's a 15 beating a two. It, it, it does happen on that. But to your point – defending the three becomes very important. If you're if you're not allowing them to get incredibly comfortable shooting the three and making threes, then probably you're going to get a lot of rebounds out and, and get your transition game going, and then it gets, gets you back into your regular flow of play. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, the other thing, Craig, and I remember we talked about this when the bracket got unveiled two years ago and we saw that Apple and Christian was the draw. You know, that Texas team, you know, even though they won the Big 12 tournament and they had some big wins that year, you know, beating Kansas on the road, chief among them, uh, that was a team that could turn the ball over. And you look at that style that Joe Golden plays defensively, you know, he's from that Chris Beard coaching tree. Uh, they really want to get after you and try to turn you over defensively. That was the one area that I said, look, if there's going to be a problem in this game, it's going to be turnovers. And they had that team had maybe their worst turnover game of the year that night against a team that wants to turn you over. And then when they get in the half court, uh, they want to run their motion offense and, and really slow the game down, kind of shorten it a little bit. So, um, but yeah, again, you know, if, if Colgate was a real, that's the, the teams that I'm worried about Craig Texas facing in this tournament are teams, and I know, I know I keep hammering home this statistic, but teams that are really good offensive rebounding teams. I know we talk about rebounding just in terms of margin and just looking at raw numbers, but when you in the TCU game is the one to me that sticks out like a sore thumb, the, the game they lost in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a team that's a really good offensive rebounding team, they can get themselves multiple possessions. You, you can be a really good one-possession defensive team. It's really hard to be a really good three or four possession defensive team in, in one sequence. So, but Colgate's not that kind of team. And again, I think with the length that Texas has, I think that's an advantage. And the other thing too, Craig, that I was looking at, you know, you think, hey, can 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 you get Texas in foul trouble? Can you, you know, can you force the issue? Can you try to get dribble penetration? Because we know that's been given Texas issues this year. Colgate's one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. So again. Not really something where their statistical, not to say they can't, their statistical profile tells you they're not really equipped to do that like we've seen some teams do with Texas where free throw differential can, can be a difference in the game. Sure. That's not the kind of game Colgate wants to play. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, I, four years ago when I was doing it for uh, Westwood 1, I did the game between Colgate and Tennessee, and that was a 15 and a 2 as well, or maybe it was a 14 and a 3. But any in any event – Colgate played Tennessee very tough in that game. And and the Volunteers pulled away late. And the reason why it was a tough game is because they were cold shooting. Colgate was left alone, knocked down a lot of threes early in the game, and they didn't get themselves in the foul difficulty. And uh and and that was a big that was a big part of it. So I mean it's a lot of the regular recipes for success in a game and less about worrying about the Cinderella that can all of a sudden find lightning in a bottle. We see it every year, as we've talked about. Uh, but you kind of also have to play into their hands a bit. And and I think the Longhorns definitely did that two years ago in the matchup with Abilene Christian. Uh, the mindset of this team strikes me differently than that team does. And and the, the mannerism and the way this team goes about it. Maybe it has something to do with six seniors on it. I don't know. Uh, it probably does. But it, it just strikes me differently than, than say, uh, the team two years ago or in the way that, you know, some very higher-seeded teams have to deal with double-digit seeds. Yeah, I, I think there's a – you said it earlier, Craig, there's a, there's a professionalism about this team. And I, I think, that, you know, I was thinking about this on the, on the travel up here because, you know, when you've got a, a, an hour longer delay than expected in, in the Charlotte uh-huh. Airport, you've got really nothing to do except sit around and think – you know, talking to guys like Marcus Carr, and, I mean, we, we had Timmy Allen on the show when he made his decision to come back. A lot of those guys talked about, the guys that were on the team last year talked about the way it ended for them in Milwaukee, you know, being that close 
to getting by Purdue and getting to the second weekend. And then once you get to that second weekend, now you've given yourself a chance to really go make a run at a national championship. They felt like they were so close and didn't play their best game, but showed plenty of signs through the year that, hey, even in the year where this roster was thrown together and guys are learning roles, you came really close to being one of the one of the 16 teams left standing with a chance to win it. So I think that motivation, a lot of focus has been, you know, getting the march. But, you know, I know Rodney Terry and his players are going to be asked today about everything they've been through this year, especially with Chris Beard having that introductory press conference at Ole Miss yesterday. But when you look at how this team responded to that, and, and credit Rodney Terry with this, and, and RT has lived this this season, you take it day by day, you take one 40-minute game by one 40-minute game. I know that sounds cliche, but that's really how this team has lived. This team has had to live right where their feet are. That's why, Craig, I don't worry about this team looking ahead to, oh, man, are we going to play A&M? Can we get to the Elite Eight and play Houston? I would be floored if 100% of the focus for this team today leading up to tomorrow isn't 100% on Colgate. That's just how this team has operated the entire year. Yeah, uh, I, I like how you you know I I mentioned this yesterday. I I like the um, the Rodney Terry line of uh, live where your feet are, and, and and the guys have had a lot of fun with some of Rodney's phrases like meat and potatoes, uh, you know, some of the other <laughs> stuff, some of his phrases and all that. But they all seem to like the live where your feet are as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, wh- wh- can I get to, this? Can I get to yeah. these Marcus Carr numbers real quick? Oh, right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Forgot about that. Numbers. Yes. Yeah. So uh, my guy Isaac Trotter, who covers uh, some national basketball for us at 24-7 Sports, was looking at you know kind of X factors in the tournament. And one of his X factors is Marcus Carr, but not for maybe the reason that you think about. You know, we think about Marcus Carr now as kind of the closer, the guy that's going to get you a clutch bucket. Uh, but it's probably going to be his decision-making that makes a difference for Texas in this run because, honestly, the numbers show Jabari Rice has been the best closer for Texas this year. So this is using synergy and a lot of advanced statistical platforms. Uh, Marcus Carr right now on 64 late-clock chances is averaging 0.69 points per possession, uh, and he's shooting 27.1% from the floor in those late-clock chances. Jabari Rice on 43 late clock scenario this season, 1.07 points per possession, and he's shooting over 51% from the floor in those late clock situations. So if it's a critical possession where the shot clock's winding down, can you get the ball in Jabari Rice's hands because he's shown the numbers show he's been the best clutch shooting guy this year. It's Marcus Carr's decision-making, and I agree with Isaac. That's going to be a really big thing for Texas in terms of maximizing this tournament run, is does he make the right decision? There's going to be times in the game where it's an ISO situation, everything clears out for him, and you're, you'll trust him to go one-on-one. But there are going to be times, and, and you know, hopefully for Texas, the Colgate game isn't one of them, but there's going to be times if they want to get to where they want to be where it's going to be about making the right decision. There's going to be times where uh, it needs to be somebody else other than Marcus Ball with the ball in their hand late in the clock, specifically Jabari Rice. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we let you go, have you, have you done a bracket yet? I have not. No, not yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to, uh, to, to pick anything, but, I, but I do want to uh, run down some of these things and just in real quick here and see and get your, uh, perspective on this. Now, uh, I know that, uh, Bucky and Aaron had some, what they thought were, 
uh, the big uh, upsets that could happen. They used one service to do that. I was looking at ESPN Plus's deal. Uh, this was something that John Gasway and Matt Eisenberg wrote. It's called Giant Killers. And and so they list the uh, gi- the ten top ten most likely upsets of the first round. And I want, I want to see if you agree or not. Uh, their number one is VCU is a 12 against the number five, St. Mary's. Upset chance, they put it 43%. Agree? Disagree? No, I've, I've seen. I've ended up seeing way too much of St. Mary's this year, so I don't know if that's bias on my part. I think that's a really good basketball team. Okay. All right. Uh, this one uh, needs a little freshing updating. It has Iowa State against <clears throat> Mississippi State. Yeah, they got beat by Pitt last night in the first four. But let's just say Pitt versus Iowa State. Would you would you give Jeff Capel's team a, a shot to, to to beat Iowa State? First of forty wins. Um, yeah. No, not when you've got a not the the fact that you've got a guy in Gabe Kalisher who can you know have a seven three pointer game just on yep. a whim. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I I like Iowa State. All right, I'm going to give you one more because this is one that I think could happen. 12 versus 5, Charleston against San Diego State. They they yeah, listed a 41%. San Diego State, if, yeah. Yeah, if you can if you can, you know, make play the game at your pace, which yeah. with Charleston game, yeah. Uh, that's that's one of those that I think is going to be a pretty trendy 5-12 upset. Yeah. They're I a physical team. They they offensively rebound really well. And if you can rebound and maybe knock down a few threes, you got a chance to win. Uh, all right, hey, I'll yeah, uh, I'll the see. Brian Dutcher, Steve Fisher, the Brian yeah. Dutcher, Steve Fisher, San Diego State program. They they have a hard time scoring, you know, when they get to when they get to March. Exactly. Uh, I guess I'll see you over at Wells Fargo Arena in a little while. Yep, here in a bit. I'm about to walk out the door right now. Okay. All right. I'll see you over there. Thanks. All right. Sounds good, Craig.